swing on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined and the men have good taste A subtle joke, a touch of class Poured in a tall martini glass Let's swing on down to Ricky's down Welcome to Rick's Martini Bar. This is Jerry McCarty here with the lovely Kelly Maroney. Hello, Kelly Maroney. Hey, Jerry. How are you? Great. Thank you for being here. And today we have a very special guest, one of my favorites growing up, Stanley Livingston from My Three Sons. Thanks for being here, Stan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. This is awesome. We have so much you want to talk about, and I get to go first. And uh, so I'd like to just hear about Looking back at at when you got the role as Chip, who in the first episode was all about you. The first it was. In fact, the show was called Chip Off the Old Block. Exactly. That was actually the title of it. And uh, the old block was I had a date that I didn't want to go on, and Fred ends up uh, on a date that he doesn't want to be on. <laughs> And we both have to muster up that manly courage and go out on it. So we, we take these two ladies to a dance together, and then we dump them. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So looking back at the at, at, at this Stanley Livingston, looking back at the nine-year-old Stanley Livingston, what do you think they saw in you that they really liked? And be honest, try not to be A precocious normal. kid. <laughs> you know, I was kind of a live wire and uh, pretty precocious and outspoken. And yeah, I think that's a good attribute to have if you're a child actor. You know, there's you just got to go up there and you got to shine. Okay. Hey, I forgot to get your plugs in. So if people want to reach you, you're on Facebook and Twitter and I've seen. I've been to stanleylivingston.com. That's probably the best way to reach me is the stanleylivingston.com, and I'm probably more apt to answer an email from there than Facebook. I, awesome. I don't quite get Facebook, but you know, I see people. I'm going to bed now. It's like, why do I need to know that? Or I'd say a bologna sandwich. Do I really need to know that? Okay, great. Well, I, I have a question, just a relationship question, because I, I've always heard Fred McMurray and William Frawley were Frawley, great yeah. friends. They were. They did a few pictures together. Could as be two as, more different people. Like that's how it works. You know, Fred you get you get of, one regular guy and you get a curmudgeon and, to work and with. William him. Frawley was drinking. He liked women. He liked to stay out late. Oh, right? No. Well, he, he uh, <laughs> every day had a liquid lunch at Nicodell's. Oh, that was nice. his thing. My unofficial job on My Three Sons was to bring Bill Frawley back for oh, really? lunch. <laughs> uh, about one o'clock, uh, the producers would call and say, "Is there any way you can get him up and moving back towards wow. the sound stage so we could?" Continue filming, but and yeah, he was a little bit the, of a handful. On the percentage when you went to get him, how many times was he with a lady? Um, he was really <laughs> attracted to some younger lady. I think her name was Patricia Barry. And you know what? In the first episode, uh, the one I was telling you about with yeah. Fred McMurray, that was Patricia. Really? And that was his love interest, I think, in real life too. Wow. Yeah, she's a hottie. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> you ever see that episode? I don't know if the feelings were mutual, no. but. Uh, yeah, she hung out with Bill anyway. Yeah, but he was like, I know, I've, I've read he was, uh, he liked him a lot, huh? He was the good guy on the set. He's a great guy, yeah. He was the grandfather I never had. Uh, both my grandfathers had passed away before I was born and found out I was going to be working with William Frawley, and I was just, oh, my, he's my grandfather. And yeah. I sort of 
pestered him, and I think he was sort of one of those W.C. Field characters that didn't like kids, didn't like dogs, but for whatever reason, he took a shine to me, and we bonded, and I spent most of the time in his dressing room playing cards, and he would take me to Dodger Stadium to go to ball games nice. and hang out and... You know, taught me all the profanity that I know today and <laughs> the proper way to light a cigar. And yeah. was offering me drinks at Neckadell's when I was about 9, 10 years old. So, oh, so yeah. nice. Okay, I want to, we have to tell the people listening about the McMurray rules because when Fred McMurray got the gig for My Three Sons, he had a whole set of rules that nobody, well, he got 50% of the show, which means that's a pretty good rule. of that <laughs> awesome theme song, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> he, uh, just that alone. He made a, a few on. But but tell him uh, Fred McMurray's work schedule on My Three Sons. Well, he was there really only half of the time, uh, a season, especially in the early days when we shot 39 episodes. He 39. would come to work 8 in the morning, and he would work <laughs> to 6 p.m., and he was in every single shot. He would work for three months, go away for the summer months uh, for three months, come back at the end for three months and finish up all the episodes that we either started without him or the ones that hadn't been finished that he needed to do his participation in. And for that, he owned half the show, got a huge salary. And But he was a great guy to work with. I mean, he brought a certain professionalism that I, I don't think I've ever seen in the industry. I'm, really? In 12 years of working with this guy, I never saw him blow up, never really? go insane. And I've seen a lot of people go insane and blow up yeah. and have meltdowns. Uh, just the most even-tempered guy and... I, you know, thought that's a great way to be, and I've kind of tried to model myself after that, or at yeah. least aspire to. Uh, and all you guys came out very good. I mean, all you guys had had just even-tempered guys. Nobody got in big trouble. Yeah, from years, it years was ago. one of the cases, I think, where, you know, the cast and crew really did get along and cared for each other. I mean, a lot right. of times there's a lot of rivalry going on, and right. uh, Don and Tim... I always felt like they were older brothers to me, and to this day, Tim is still, I see him all the time. Don, unfortunately, passed away, but until yeah. he did, we were, you know, like older brother, younger brother. And then the, the third one was my real brother, so yeah. he's my real and real brother. Well, we have to take a commercial break, and when we come back, Kelly Maroney is going to ask you some questions about that acting and all about how it was working with your brother all those years. But right now, we have to take a commercial. We'll join you back here in 60 seconds at Rick's Martini Bar. Let's swing on down to Ricky's place. Where the girls are refined and the men have good taste. Hello, and welcome back to Rick's Martini Bar. I'm Kelly Maroney. I'm here with Jerry McCarty. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Jerry. And today, we have Stanley Livingston with us. Welcome. Dr. Livingston, I presume. Yes. <laughs> so, I would like to ask you what it was like. You got the show when you were 10 years old, My Three Sons. What was it like growing up on television? It's a pretty strange thing, probably more in retrospect. Uh, you know, when you're actually doing the show when you're 9 years old, 10 years old, no conception. I just liked going to work, and I liked doing that kind of work, and... You know, when it was over at 6 o'clock, I wanted to go off with the crew guys and have a drink, but I was only 10, so <laughs> my mom wasn't going to allow that to happen. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, I just love that kind of work from the moment I got involved in it uh, back in 56 with the Ozzy and Harriet show and some movies that I did. And who knew? You know, I thought My Three Sons would be a, a good break for me and I was going to be on a TV show and a series. And we figured it'd go a couple years and then you'd go on to something else. But... Who knew it was going to go 12 years? That, that's the thing. You know, it ended up being the second longest running sitcom ever on TV, right behind Oz and Harriet, which is where I started, who went 14 years. So 
That's incredible. It is pretty incredible. And still on TV. It is one of the few shows that's always been on TV in some way, shape, or form. Either first run, prime time, uh, syndicated, cable, uh, streaming, mm -hmm. DVD. It's it. It's just on. It's always on somewhere. So well, there were 39 episodes a season, as opposed to 13, which we have now, or so less even. I think some shows do about eight now. Yes. But yeah, it used to be 13, and if you do the multiplication, 13 times four is 39. So that's what we did. They would show 13 shows. They would rerun 26 of them, and the other ones they weren't seen at all and weren't seen till about from 1960 to 85 when TV Land came. Uh, Nick at Night came along, and then TV Land. And they started showing the old black and whites, some of which hadn't been seen in 25 years. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a few shows. Well, we did almost as many shows in the first four years because it was 39 of them as we did in the last eight years. Wow. Because we started doing less and less and less. I think by the end we were doing maybe 22, 24 shows because you'd be preempted at least a couple times a year right. by a Dean Martin special or something. <laughs> So as a little boy, what was it like? To, um, you were telling about pickup days where you'd start out. Oh, yeah. Well, this, yeah, it sort of got worse and worse towards the end of the shows because they would shoot more and more out of schedule because of Fred McMurray. So you'd shoot a scene, a master, and then there would be close-ups. They'd always get Fred and then go, okay, we'll get to you later. And later would usually be three months later. And somehow they would just aggregate all these kitchen scenes where you'd be having <laughs> breakfast with Dad and Uncle Charlie or lunch or dinner. And I would sit down in a chair, and they would put a pork chop in front of me, and I'd eat that. And they'd go, okay, you're eating cereal in this one, so put your pajama top on. <laughs> and then now this one, you're eating a bologna sandwich, so you need to put that Madra shirt you had on. And on and on. So we do, like, maybe 12 pickups like that from different 12 different shows. And did you remember what, this, what the story was in that show? Yeah, Episode? yeah. I mean, we learned how to do it. I mean, after 12 years, you could do it backwards. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a filmmaker, it sort of really helped me because it shows how you can shoot things completely out of continuity. That and then sense. an edit put it all back together again yeah and it, which came in handy I did a music video once and the uh, singers and dancers we had we thought they were coming at the end they came at the beginning <laughs> so I had to shoot the end of this thing first <laughs> and then completely work my way back through the beginning of this video where somebody walked in the door when they were arriving but I, it was nothing to do that because of all the training <laughs> so you, you have become a director and become a producer and yep. have your own company yeah I have a company called first team productions and yeah, we've done things over there. We've produced a film called Checkers. I've been involved in a TV series, which is still in post, uh, called Corey Circus. Um, right now, I'm developing a film. It's actually about the Beatles. Uh, it's called The Quarrymen, but okay. it's about the early days of the Beatles. And, yeah, we're moving along with that pretty good. So I'm, I'm hoping that'll hopefully go into production this year. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Shoot it in Liverpool, so I'm excited about that. Wow. That's great. I have to ask a question, sorry, because the Beatles, yeah, that's, I, I have to ask this question to anybody that mentions the Beatles. What's your favorite Beatles album? Uh, probably Rubber Soul. Me too, I love that. It's, uh, yeah, it was probably, I mean, it just came out of nowhere and all that material on that one album. That and Sgt. Pepper, obviously. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a toss-up. Revolver, too, but yeah, Rubber Soul is probably my favorite one. Cool. Well, before we go, I have to, we, we have to ask about the actor's journey. Oh, oh yeah, Let's yeah. Save that for the next segment. Okay. All right, we'll get to it. Because it's commercial time again, unfortunately. So we'll be back for one more segment, and I promise we'll hear about the actor's journey. And Kelly's got some Facebook questions as well. And thank you, Stanley Livingston, for being here. And 
Jerry McCarty and Kelly Maroney will be back right after this message at Rick's Martini Bar. Let's swing on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined and the men have good taste Welcome back to Rick's Martini Bar. Today we are talking to Stanley Livingston. I'm here with Jerry McCarty. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Kelly. And we have so much to talk about that I'm going to talk fast and let Mr. Livingston talk more than me. So, first, would you like to tell us about the Actors' Journey? Yes, yeah. Uh, well, the Actors' Journey is actually a program for actors, and it's kind of landmark. Anybody that becomes an actor knows the, the drill. You go off, you go to a two-year, four-year school or college, you drop... Ten to forty thousand bucks, and you learn the art and craft of acting, and then everything comes to a screeching halt because you're now confronted with trying to get into the business. And you go on the internet, you figure out you need a reel, a resume, get an agent, get a manager, try and get in the Screen Actors Guild, and then everything comes to a screeching halt again <laughs> because most people do not know what really the business of acting is all about. So what we did, uh, I brought 100 people together, uh, 40 of whom have been nominated or won Academy, Emmy, Golden Globe Awards, people like Melissa Gilbert, uh, Henry Winkler, wow. Michael York, uh, Sherman Hemsley before he passed away, um, uh, just a ton of people, but not just actors. We also brought together uh, producers, executive producers, showrunners, uh, agents, managers, casting directors. Uh, we even brought the president of the Screen Actors Guild, the president of the DGA. Wow. So you're getting this information from the horse's mouth, but most people just don't realize how in-depth the information is on the business side. They think it, it's those five elements that I mentioned before, mm -hmm. and those are pretty easy to learn, but then they get stymied on all the other stuff. So we put together a 10-hour program that really walks actors through this. They don't have to do what we did, which is spend 10 years just trying to learn that so you learn how to function in the industry and get a job. Um, but mm -hmm. it's a great program because you're getting it from legitimate sources. Most of the time, people get the information from people who've never even had a career. On the Which streets. I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and not to take anything away from acting teachers, because mm -hmm. you do have to keep going to class. It's something you can get very rusty very quickly, so you need to be in class. But if you haven't had a career, how do you teach this part? That, that's always... So we brought all these great people together, and it's a, it's a quick course, 10 hours. You're going to know what we knew. Or what we know, but it took us 20 yeah. years sometimes to learn all that. And it's all the shortcuts, the insiders, tricks of the trade. And basically, you can just cut to the chase and get back to your career and really go out there and do it and feel secure that you know what you're doing and what you're supposed to be doing when you're not in front of a camera or up on stage. That's, that's so valuable. Where, where would people find that? Uh, if they go to theactorsjourney.com, that's the website we have for adult actors, meaning you're at least 18 years old to whatever age. And I think there's a sale going on right now. I look there because usually the product's like 159 bucks. I think it's $59. Wow. So they're running kind of like a, a summer special. And to get 10 hours from oh, people, I mean, what are you talking about, like $5 an hour from yeah, people like crazy. that? You know, yeah. If you break it down, but it's stuff that it will change your life if you're an actor. It really will. But, see, that, that's that's really something I think people are going to be interested in. I, I would think so. You know, you hope they would because what you find out as a professional actor is acting is the thing you do the least. Mm -hmm. It's trying to get work and learning about the business so that you can work. That's what you spend, you know, 95% of your time doing. 
I've been doing this for what, 50 years? And if you threaded up everything I ever did and put it on a projector, it'd probably run in a month, which tells you the other 63 years of my life, I was looking for work. So right, you need to know how part. to do that successfully. Yeah, the least part is on camera. Yeah. So you have, you have not just done My Three Sons. Let's talk about some of the other shows that you've been on. And the, and the guest spots that you've done. and uh, Well, early on, yeah, I had a little bit of a movie career, worked with uh, with Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, who were husband and wife then, and they're great people to work with. I mean, Paul was just so great, and then I did Dor work with Doris Day and David Niven. Uh, on, you were a little kid. I was just a little kid, yeah, I'm yeah. pleased to eat the daisies. Uh, one of the other pieces that just recently I think I'm almost as known for that as I am my three sons is How the West Was Won, mm -hmm. yeah. which was the last Cinerama film uh, ever made in 1963. And uh, about two years ago... Uh, Jim Stewart, everybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, it was uh, a movie that he starred everybody yeah. who was anybody. Henry Fonda, Jimmy Stewart, you name it, they were in this film. And it probably is the most iconic Western, and then the fact that it's also in Cinerama. I think there's a flattened version. They show on Turner Broadcasting all the time because they own the film. Uh, about two years ago, uh, I got involved with some partners, and we produced a Cinerama film. Oh, really? And it premiered at the Arclight Cinerama Dome and kicked off the Cinerama Film Festival, which they showed all 10 or 12 Cinerama films. And ours premiered there, and we got an amazing write-up from Leonard Malton. And the camera that we restored to shoot this particular piece is called In the Picture, uh, was what, the camera that I actually worked with on How the West Was Won. Oh, wow. Talk about recursive and <laughs> Make it all very weird, yeah, that. very weird. So I, I was, at that point, uh, one of the few actors who was in the last Cinerama film wow. made, and now I'm, again, so the person yeah. in the last Cinerama film made 50 years later. So that's pretty, pretty wild. Do you know that on IMDb Pro, it, it lists the budget for that movie at $50? <laughs> uh, oh, no, no. You know, you know what you saw for that? What? Some guys were doing a documentary about us doing In the Picture because of all this uh, Cinerama equipment being there. That was the one that cost oh. $50. I, ours didn't. No, it, it was a much bigger budget than there's, that. There's some bum information on, on IMDb Yeah, Pro. yeah. No, there was a thing called The Last Days of Cinerama, which uh, we had some documentarians following us around while we were making in the picture and to be honest that uh that particular documentary is amazing it really is good it's as good as as in the picture they these guys did a spectacular job in fact it was uh just at the san luis obispo film festival they wanted to screen it there and then they screened how the west was one at right after it so people could see what they were talking about that's great that's why i brought it up so that you could shoot that down <laughs> <laughs> Well, guess what, Stanley Livingston? We are at the end of our time. Oh, no. But I do want to thank you for being here, and thanks for all the years of entertainment that I got to watch watching you and Fred McMurray and all the other people. And uh, we want to remind people to go to actors, the, it's theactorsjourney.com. The yeah, you'll save yourself a lot of time and trouble. And if you go to stanleylivingston.com, I bet you can get there, too. Yep. yep. Probably There's get there link. that way, too. Yep. Or just if you want to have a fun day, just go to to YouTube and search My Three Sons and you can see so many episodes on there. Oh, yeah. Just watch them whenever you want. It's all over my... You can watch Stanley's hair get longer and his sideburns grow. <laughs> and less blonde. <laughs> less blonde. <laughs> so, for the great Stanley Livingston and the lovely Kelly Maroney, my name is Jerry McCarty. Thank you for being here at Rick's Martini Bar. Cheers. Let's swing on down to Ricky's place. The girls are refined and the men have good taste.
subtle joke, a touch of class, poured in a tall martini glass. Let's swing them down to Ricky's down. 